It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, we've had close games with them in the past on tour. Uh, this year in the Six Nations, they pushed every team. Um, last year, they, you know, they won some critical games. Um, they really evolved their attack there, from what I can see. Um, they're playing, they had the fastest, fastest ball available in Six Nations. So that's better than Ireland. You know, that's, and that's quick. So they know their game and they're playing it well. Rory's a great example. Um, I mean, I, I love Rory. We we've, get we've along extremely well. He's been a role model of mine. Uh, he was super nice to me when I, you know, was first starting up. He still is. We see each other a bunch. But yeah, we played each other in the Ryder Cup. And it's like, yeah, we hate each other for 18 holes. And it's, it, and it's again, it's nothing personal. It's not... It's not a dislike as a person. It's just, you know, it's like, hey, my, my wife knows, but if Jill teed up in the Ryder Cup for the other team, like, I'm, I'm going to try to beat her pretty bad. Eddie has been a great coach. He still is a great coach. Um, it'd be really, really easy to turn around and, and uh, talk about the coaching and the players, but the inconvenient facts are that Australian rugby uh, needs an overhaul. And um, it has done for some time. So listen to the word I say. The screams are sound the same. For the truth may not be this. Shit will carry on. Barney said to show. Good morning. Izzy Kempe for breakfast, SCNZ, just after 6 o'clock. We're halfway through the week. Yes, the NRL Grand Final this week in the All Blacks. After we hiatus over there in Bordeaux, we'll be taking on Italia, Italy. This weekend, they'll name their side in a few moments' time. And we're going to have our best to have an announce our squad to take on Italy. But Mr. Tony Kemp... I had you on the camera, just can't see you right now, but that's okay. I've seen what you're wearing. You singlet it up. Is <laughs> it warm in, in Auckland? Oh, it's, it's not too bad. I sort of uh, you know, got to bed okay last night and had a little bit of a mm. decent kip after the last uh, three or four days of hightailing it around Sydney Airport uh, mainly. In the in the uh, in the domestic airport, trying to find somewhere to sit down. Sammy, I forgot to tell you, mate. Sammy Hewitt, he wanted to get to sleep. I walk into walk into Sydney Airport. He goes, he want, you know, he's a bit of a nervous flyer. So he had a bit of a sweat going on ever since we walked into Auckland Airport. I mean, it take, takes us a while to get through there. It was an hour and a half, mate, in the customs queue at Auckland Airport at at four o'clock in the morning. So she's a, she's a pretty bad start to the day. And he gets pulled through the customs. He gets pulled up. 
it gets pulled up. So the sweat starts dripping down his head, you know. He starts, the gloves come out. He thinks he's going to get, you know, checked over and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> so we get in the airplane. So by the time we get to Sydney, I think, God, I've got to beg him to sit in the middle seat, is he? Because you know what it's like. If you sit in the middle seat, you're squashed as a big guy. Oh, stuff. You know, it's the worst seat yeah. on an airplane to sit in. Well, that was me yesterday. I... H comes before K, so he gets the aisle seat and I get the middle seat, yeah, because we're booked in together. Yep. So I beg him, I say, come on, man, you know, you got to let me sit on the on the aisle seat and feeling really good. He goes, yes, that's fine, you can sit there. So sit there on the way over, it's a nervous flight, you know, it's like sitting with you, can I have an ice cream, are we there yet type kid? So we get there, we get, so we get to Sydney and... Uh, Oh, it's a nine-hour wait, isn't it? Oh, it's a nine-hour wait in Sydney for us to get up to Brisbane. He goes, I'm going up to the lounge. I'm going up to the lounge. I went, yeah, okay, where you go? Come on, I ain't got a lounge pass for domestic Sydney airport. And he had some type of American Express thing going on. And I go, where you go, Sammy? Like, go for gold, mate. You know, go and have yourself a shower and freshen yourself up and all this sort of stuff. Well, I come back. So I go for a walk and I come back and I look inside one of these little uh, what do they call them? Departure areas where you hop on a plane. It's like not our one because ours is nine hours away. Right in the middle of this Asian group of people is I, I'm looking around it and there's a there's a there's it looks different. And here's Sammy Hewitt. Here's Sammy Hewitt. And these guys, they're, they're, they're all golfers. I'm guessing these like have off on a weekend party. You know what I mean? And Sammy Hewitt <laughs> is lying there in the middle. In the middle of the like, he didn't he didn't go in and he didn't strategically look at any of the seats and go, this is the best place to sit. He just went and plonked himself right in the middle of this <laughs> departure area and went to sleep. He <laughs> went to sleep, and also I've gone. I'm just going to go sit back here. I'm going to go to that one down there on the wall where you can put your your legs up and have a rest and put your head back. And look at Sammy. He starts texting me, going, "Where are you?" And I'm going, I'm in the lounge. I'm in the lounge. And he's like, no, you're not. And I'm going, where are you, mate? He goes, I'm just down in the down in one of these bays having a sleep. And I walk up behind him. And um, I go, we're talking. Uh, he, he can't sleep. Of course he can't sleep. These guys, are, they're partying, mate. They're on a golf trip. And um, I said, why did you choose here, mate? And you know, you know, Sam, he goes, I just want to go to sleep. And I'm like, well... Why wouldn't you go down on the back wall there where you could put your legs up on those seats or your head up against the wall? And he goes, yeah, I didn't really think about that, did I? <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, come on, mate, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. So, oh, mate, when you, th- when you think about it, last night finally put my head down. I actually had four days of no sleep and yeah. um, had a decent sleep last night. So when I wake up this morning, I'm fresh. It is. It's not warm outside. It's quite cold, but uh, I felt pretty good about just chucking my singlet back on and getting back into it, brother. And even Kez said to me yeah. this morning as he goes, "Mate, I know you're in for a good show because you got the glasses on. You haven't taken them off. <laughs> <laughs> You've been reading all morning, Uncle. You've had plenty of sleep. So stay tuned because Uncle's on one. How good, hey Uncle? We got a good show. We got a good show. We got oh, Andrew yeah. Patrick. Someone come through yesterday and spoke about. Should we get Kirky on? Well, Kirky's coming on after 7 o'clock. We've got Mitch Santner because, well, the Black, Cop, Black Caps have won their ODI series in Bangladesh and the World Cup team is planning their way to uh, India to take on everyone at the World Cup. Their first match 
is up against England. They've got a couple of warm-ups before then, so we have a chat to Mitch Santner. And then we've got Ken Laban after 8 o'clock. So a big show, double eight, double three. Keep your messages coming through. Tim, I'll get to yours shortly. But Kempe and everyone, double eight, double three. Who am I? Clue number one. We've got a $100 Adidas Golf voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas Golf. Visit adidas.co.nz slash getaway underscore with underscore golf. T's and C's apply. Clue number one, I represent New Zealand in my chosen sport, and I was born in Wellington in the 90s. I represent New Zealand in my chosen sport, and I was born in Wellington in the 90s. If you know the answer, double eight, double three, and we'll announce that winner at the end of the show. All right, kids, let's rip into it. Round one, fight. Yes, boys, triple threat. Three hot topics from the morning. Thought I'd kick us off with number one. You mentioned it earlier. Dagger, the All Blacks team to play Italy will be named later tonight. Now, there's been a lot of chat around all different shows here on ECNZ. Do we play our best team for the remainder of the World Cup? And if so, what does that look like, Izzy? Yep. Uh, easy, Easy answer for me, yes. Yes, and I've got my team here down on paper that I'm going to read out to you. And if you agree, send it through. If not, you want to see some changes, that's okay. But keep those messages coming through, double eight, double three. I've gone for Tuanga Fassi, Taylor, Williams, for Scott Barrett, Brody Retallick in the locking department. And the loose boards, I've gone for Zal, Kane, Sabia. And in the backs, I've gone Smith, Moonga, Whanganuku, Barrett, Yuani, Talia, and then Will Jordan at the back with the reserves. Coles, Newell, uh, Lalala, Whitelock, Blackadder, Roygaard, Havili, and Bowden Barrett to round out the bench. So that is my team. Yes, we need to start building some cohesion and confidence with the con- connection combinations. So there you go. Yep. And I, I, I have to agree with you. I think Will Jordan has to start at fullback. Fainuku has to start on the wing with Talia, just at that point of difference. Um, mm. And we can't really go anywhere else in the forward pack, can we? You know, you're gonna, you, you know what you got coming up. So you get past Italy. Yep. Hopefully, we get past them, so you don't have to shave your hair because that's going to be one hell of a sight <laughs> if that happens. <laughs> um, but if we can get past Italy and go in two games. Um, out from this game against Ireland, we need to we need to build cohesion. As I totally agree with you, and I don't think Bodie Barrett at fullback is the answer with Richie Mwanga in that in that two pivot role. I think Richie Mwanga also needs to um, do what Johnny Sexton does and lead the team around the pitch. You know, he needs to be mm. given the he needs to be given the keys to the team, and they need to they need to have faith in that um, in that structure. And Will Jordan at fullback, we need fresh legs at the back. You know, if we're going to run, yep. if we're going to run. Um, any type of attack against this Irish side to score points because we're going to need to score points. We need Will Jordan at fullback. Yeah, totally agree. And if there's going to be any changes, uh, potentially or something, any variations, you think that's sixth position. You got Frizzell, and we know how big he was in that last game at Mount Smart. We haven't seen him for a while, so Frizzell will get his chance to have a crack, and then you bring on the impact with Ethan Blackadder. But I never thought I'd say the day when Sammy Whitelock's on the bench, but with Scott Barrett playing so well, you can afford to have, well, look, you've got about 300 test matches on the bench. You've got Coles, you've got Whitelock, and you've got Bowden Barrett. 
hell of a lot of experience to come on and uh, and bring us home. So I, I think we start our best team, Kez. Round two. There you go. Just showing how uh, truly lucky we actually are in that All Blacks environment. Jeez, you tend to forget how stacked this team is uh, mm. with all the talk around mm. results, etc. Uh, changing tack, boys. Uh, flipping to the other pill, Rubber Luke. Uh, the Dallium is tonight, Tim. So leading into that, uh, Paul Gallon has uh, stirred the pot a little bit yesterday, uh, who said... Cleary should win the Coach of the Year, so he's basically started rubbishing Andrew Webster and the Warriors' performance. Now, boys, in a, in a little head-to-head here, we know that uh, Webster is the favourite, and I'll go to you first here, Kempe. Webster v Cleary. Has the student become the master? What has been more impressive for you, and who wins the Dell M Coach of the Year? Well, it's really interesting, cause, and, and good on you, Paul Galligan, uh, Gallon, Galligan, Paul Gallon, for uh, tuning into SENZ, commentary on Saturday night because I had the same conversation with the boys from SEN Brisbane uh, in and around who the who the coach of the year is and and I said Ivan Cleary's the coach of the year you know mm. I, I see the same thing I said you know um, the if you if you're dead set picking the coach of the year Ivan Cleary gets it hands down he's on a three-peat and he's been in the grand final four years in a row it's not taking a team um, out of one from the wooden spoon and bringing them to you know, two games out from winning a competition. Uh, and if you put them side by side like that, then I think anyone would say that Ivan Cleary has to be the coach of the year. Now, if you, um, and I hear, I hear what Gal's saying, like the most improved coach of the year it would go down to Andrew Webster hands down, you know, hands down. But I, I think when you're talking, well, let's have a look at, is he, I don't know what criteria would look like, but for coach of the year, criteria would have to be grand final win. Mm. Yep. Because mm. the other yeah. other argument there, and they haven't even thrown him in the in the mix, is is Walters. Like he he we, he had a shocker last year, and he's brought mm. Brisbane back, and he's in the grand final, and they could win it. So that's I, what, that's I, what I, I think. I think Webby sits in three. You know, mm. if you're thinking about it, I think if you're talking coach uh, coach of the year, you're talking Ivan Cleary, Kevy Walters. Yeah, we're on the same page, isn't it, Kimpy? Oh, I think it's the same. You know, don't get me wrong. For what Webby's been able to do, and, and he's inspired and, and really connected to the fans and the identity of the Warriors, and it's a hell of a story. Yeah, but um, you know that trophy that you get at the end of the season, most improved, that one that everyone kind of feels sorry for you. I think that's where where Webby uh, Webby sits, and that's not no disrespect to Webby. I just think that's that's just reality. And you got you know Cleary who is chasing his third on the trot, hasn't been done for decades. And then you've got Kevy Walters that has brought them back from the brink of nowhere to potentially win it. So I totally agree. I think it's um, Ivan Cleary. Ivan Cleary's for the winning. And, um, you know, if, if if Webby is able to continue this on, because Cleary's been doing it for years, Kempi, we are still yet to know if we can continue on this momentum. I'm hoping so. But, um, you know, a few more times in the saddle. And he potentially punches tickets to that Dallium. So I think it's Cleary, uh, Kiz. Round two. And a half. Round two and a half. I didn't chuck this one in there, but I've got to. SJ, does he walk away with the Dallium? I think he goes really close. Seriously, mm. on the on the year, I think he goes really close. Um when you have a look at when you have a look at the season of it, of it, of other players, Payne Haas, like how big was Payne Haas in that game on Saturday night? You know, he he was that battle between him and Adam Fanua Blake was a key um, battle to, to to get their team uh, over the line, and Payne Haas won that one hands down. So I, I think 
you know, Sean Johnson, I think he's right in the mix. I think that one's just a mate, it's, it's split by it's split by, you know, the tightest of margins. Is he? Yeah, I, I agree. I'd love to see him get it, but um, yeah, he's been pretty consistent throughout the year, but you never know. You never know with these awards and, and how they're going to go. If he had to punch his ticket to the grand final, 100%. And he was so influential for the Warriors on the weekend, but just wasn't able to get it done. So I think he might just get pipped, but I'd love to see him get it. Round three. All right, boys, rounding us out, Supermax. You probably haven't heard of Supermax. It's the national burger chain in Ireland in the uh, Emerald Isle. They've introduced a Bundy burger. How good. Now, I guess you uh, you can have a little stab in the dark of what uh, that burger's based on. Yes, it is Bundy Arkey. He's got his own burger um, after lighting up the Rugby World Cup. Now, boys, if you were given a food item named after you, what would you pick? And before we get started, yes, Israel. I know you have ribs already, you superstar you. And I'll tell you what, they're bloody good. They're my birthday treat, aren't they, Izzy? We know that. But, uh, but Kempe, uh, is, uh, does your mind go straight to, you know, the, the pork bones? Yeah, is that, it, Kempe? But it does. <laughs> Should have known that. Oh, jeez. Pork bone pie. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, there's this, there's, there's this place up here in Auckland that I haven't been to yet. It's called, I think it's called Captain Moana's. It's on a, it's a boat at a Don't lie. You beat park. me. No, I haven't. I haven't, but it keeps popping up on my socials, and it's like fry bread with with cream power, um, and scallops and all oh. this sort of stuff. Yeah, man. And I'm going. If that was my food, that would be it. Like fry bread with a with a decent pork bone meat sandwich on it. You know what I mean? I've, mate, have you ever had pork bones and like come out of a pot? Yeah, like, of you course. Like, yeah, you, you, see, like, see, you see. like ribs. You like love ribs. ribs, mate. The way my mum cooks it. Second to none. It, what what would you call it though? Because they've got the Bundy Burger. You know that that Bundy rolls off burger. the tongue quite nicely. Well, We're not going with Tony Kemp fry bread and <laughs> scallops in the lot. You know what? What's I don't know. It, what do you, double eight, double you, three. What would you call it? Yeah, Kempy's go to meal. <laughs> anyway, is he? You sticking with the ribs or you know? Look, look. Kemp, let's park it. You got to come up with something. Slop. Slop it, McSlop. Kempy's whatever's in the back. Oh, 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 look, I love a pie. Yeah, don't get me wrong, I love a pie. So I've been thinking about it this morning when I've seen this come up. I was thinking, what can I call it? The Daggy, the Daggy McCheese or something? You know, like, it's just a nice little pie. Uh, <laughs> well, you laughed. I didn't me. mean to laugh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. I've had a burger named after me. Oh, I think it was me, but it was a South African burger. It's called Izzy Burger, and they started following me, and I was thinking, what? oh, they named a burger after me. Yeah. How so recent was that? Um, Oh, years ago. It would have been while you were still playing. They made the Izzy Burger. Yeah. But you're not sure if it's about you. Well, they started following me, so I think it's, yeah, I started a line, but anyway. It'll be a pie. It'll be a pie. Look, I'm not too crazy on it. I think are mints, but I think it's the way the mints is made. That's important. I hate chunky, Mm. dry mints. It has to be creamy, creamy mints with lots of cheese. Keep the veggies out of it. We're going full unhealthy here. <laughs> so it'll be the Daggy McCheese pie. There you go. Double eight, double three. If you run a small business, you know, a small food <laughs> business, and you're looking for two nutcases to, you know, help grow your brand. Let's get Dazza uh, back look, in here. Let's uh, get Dazza back in here with his pies, mate. There you go. You can start it up. But, yeah, if you are looking for uh, two people to, you know, help get your business going, stay tuned for the run home later on today. You don't want these two <laughs> nutcases driving you around. <laughs> there you go, boys. Triple threat. Beautiful. Thanks, Kez. Hey, just quickly, uh, Kempe, Adam G. 
Been given the reins for the NRL Grand Final. We've got a wee stat for you here, Kempi. Yeah. Penrith under Adam G. Win rate, 91.4%. Three years, 16, 17 games, 16 wins. The Broncos, 31.3%. Five wins out of 16 games. Concerned let if the you're ga- a Broncos player? Let the games begin. They'll start today. I can guarantee you Kevin Walter's coming out and he's putting those stats way out there in the press. We've already we've already started. Um, and that, the sad thing about it, Adam G got you know hands down got given that gig because Ashley Klein got sacked two weeks ago and then the bloke last mm. week he's still chasing that ball. They got passed forward into the next month. You know what I mean? So, ah um, oh, look, would it, would it, will he will he favour Penrith? I think he's going to be under that much pressure by Kevin Walters by the time kickoff is he'll be. He'll be he'll be pretty honest. He'll be pretty honest. Yeah, it was an interesting stat, eh? It was an interesting stat to to read that potentially as a player. We'll talk about it more. You know, what does this do as a player? Is that something you thought about, Kempi, when you've been officiated by a ref that's been diabolical? Because I know for me, I've done it. Brendan Pickerel. Yeah. Oh, he used to do. He used to just really get under my skin because I knew he just wanted to penalise and ping the Crusaders off the park. He's the only ref in history that wanted to do that. He's I, the only ref in history that wanted to do that. Okay? I don't know if Ivan or ever put it in his book, mate. But I had a conversation with the referee coordinator at half time of a game once at Mount Smart Stadium. <laughs> Ivan was saying, "Don't ring him, mate. Don't ring him." I went, "No, nah, no, nah, got to ring him." Half time chat. Yeah, I got a call on Monday. That wasn't good, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that story. Heard that story. Keep it in. Keep it in. Keep those messages coming through. Double eight, double three. Kempies. Heart attack, Kai. Yes, Joey from Kizzy. <laughs> Uncle's boil up burger. Oh, Kempies, like Kai Mwana. Yeah. Kempies, Kai. And surely, Daggy's Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, get out of here. Anyway, stay That's tuned. That's your TAB account. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Wow. Wow. Don't worry, we okay. get paid today. I'm hearing you. Yeah. Uh, I'm hearing you, kids. Double eight, double three. You're listening to Zen Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Keeping you healthy this spring, eh, kids? Big bangers, sausages, have a mouth watering meat meal deal all November long to bar up your Barbie. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Kempi's already got a name, that one. <laughs> Big Kempi, bangers. you've already got a name, mate. Big bangers. That is from Cam from Blenheim. And you know what you got to do, Cam. And Cam from Cambridge. It is Wednesday, Wednesday, and we want to hear your one, your tips for today's races as well, because Love Racing's coming up, and Kempi will confuse us. So we need some certainty for where we're going to go later today. <laughs> what about this one, Kempi? Kempi's Kai and the Pie. Yeah, I actually like that one. That's quite nice. The uh, mm. yeah, I think you got. I think you've nailed the pie, mate. I'll tell you what. Actually, when you're up here next week, get Daz back in, eh? Let's oh, get Daz back to, in. Eh? Yeah. Should, should we go do? Should we go do one? Like we'll go, go make our own pie. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go see him and and put it together and bring it in and we'll have a have a testing on here. I'll 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 send Daz a message today because um, he'll be all yeah, done too. See if we can make our own pies. Yeah, and see if we can go out there, uh, out to his little shop. I think it's out at St. Helier's there and um, sit in the kitchen with him and have a, have a little crack. It's the evolution of can the you pie. Cook, like, can you yeah, cook? Don't, because you, you normally get everything I cooked can for cook. you. Don't, do not start. Do not start. <laughs> I can cook. <laughs> Kimpy, don't you start. I can cook. I'm independent at the moment. Kiz has got, so got a little cooking story for us. Do you want to tell us, Kiz, or not? 
Oh, all right, just quickly. I was up very late last night. I probably got to bed around 2 a.m. because uh, my partner, Jessica, our um, hob dagger, is that what you call it, Kempi? See my cooking skills? On, stove. On the Every, stove. Hob. Everyone my stove age top. called a stove. Uh, the stove top. <laughs> so obviously we got the, the four little hobs up there. Uh, top, top right was the one that I was meant to turn on. I didn't do that, did I? I turned on the uh, bottom left. And so uh, <laughs> Jess gave me a clip around the ears and said, we're trying to turn on the top right one. So she turns on the top right one. Water starts boiling. Except no, it doesn't, because she's turned on the same, same bloody element, the bottom left, when we want the, the, the top left. So the handle from the pot has been heating up for the last 20 minutes under this element, and I just hear this ripper of a scream from the kitchen, and I'm like, oh, no, I know what's happened. And Jess has grabbed the handle to go and move it onto the right hob, but for the last 20 minutes... The hob has been cooking up this uh, this handle of the pan that's been hanging over the top of it. So oh, her hand went up in blisters straight away, and it's the whole hand. Like it's not good. So I just said, "Oh yeah, you got a day off tomorrow. Take that." But yeah, oh, bit of a late night. But that just shows, you know, my skills in the kitchen. It's safer to me for me. Glad you said it to stay outside and observe uh, for the next wee while. So I've given myself a red card. Right. Uh, they've gone to the judiciary, and I'm on a two week stand down from the kitchen. Well, you, you give yourself a red card, and you walk into that studio, you give Kempe a red card, and you just leave the cooking to dagger, all right? Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, together with shaping and building New Zealand. 35 minutes past six here on SENZ. Thank you, Auntie Aroha, for the news. Boys, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power past a few little headlines I thought I'd bring down after uh, I handed myself and Kempe a, a one-week stand-down from the kitchen. Got reduced in the end. Uh, boys, you remember if, uh, a couple of months ago the, uh, uh, there was rumours of an Auckland A-League club joining the A-League mm. to go alongside the Wellington Phoenix, a second uh, New Zealand team. Uh, it could be part of a multi-club ownership strategy. Now, this is all driven by American billionaire... Bill Foley. Now, Bill Foley is the chair of AFC Bournemouth in the English Premier League, alongside uh, Michael B. Jordan, I believe, is a, one of the minority investors there. Uh, he also owns, oh, he took out last year a 33% stake in Lorient, a French club in Ligue 1. So very exciting news for uh, for Bill Foley and the potential future of an Auckland football club. Me being born, raised uh, in Auckland and football being my first love. Definitely uh, uh, sparks the fancy, you know, coming in. But uh, for me, boys, it's all about having a a sustainable owner. We've seen uh, a lot of changes in ownership groups, uh, i.e. the Highlanders. Uh, So starting from scratch with Bill Foley coming in, it's looking good for Auckland's uh, A-League team whenever that is bound to happen. Uh, Still no clue yet on, on when that will all become official. But if Bill Foley does take charge of that club, with his billions and billions and billions of dollars. Uh, Austin, what was that? Austin Powers reference there. But uh, looking good for the A-League and for the Wellington Phoenix to have a little rival. Boys, staying in the uh, football world, I don't know if you've seen... uh, You boys know the club Ajax? Yep. Yep. Dutch club. Dutch club. Huge. Huge. The greatest club in uh, in Dutch history. They play at Johan Cruyff Arena, named after the legendary Ajax player and former coach. Now, they're they're really struggling this year. Uh, They're sitting uh, two points above the relegation zone, which is completely unheard of for Ajax fans. And and they made that very clear uh, on Sunday uh, in the Eredivisie. 
3-0, Feyenoord, a rival club of Ajax, was leading them in the 55 minute. Uh, fans completely took over, started busting into the stadium from the outside. Fans were letting fireworks and flares off on the pitch, which meant the game had to be abandoned. Now, just picture that for a minute. The, the pitch gets so bad, filled with flares and, and fireworks. We already know uh, the, the power rest that European football holds in, in terms of crowds and, and atmosphere. So just imagine for a second how bad that must have been for the match to get abandoned. And, and the, the video and the photo footage is quite scary, to be fair. Imagine, Dagger, uh, for you or, or even for Kempe, you're playing an all-black or, or a Kiwi test and... You look up from the ruck and next minute there's a firework coming right towards you, you know. So that game had to be abandoned. That will be picked up uh, tomorrow night uh, from the 55th minute. But bad news for Ajax fans, boys. Could you ever Green. see a world oh. where uh, all uh, Crusaders fans or, or Warriors fans uh, turn on the club like that and and genuinely start start tearing the place to bits? I don't think we'd be like that. As Kiwi fans, I know we get frustrated with our with our mouths and our opinions, but um, that's that's pretty that's pretty crazy. But the most football fans, what is it about them? Oh, Passion breed. It's the love. It's the love. Football is is a lifestyle, and uh, I got I got a few mates who have moved over to the UK, and they've completely changed you know a few of them didn't watch football before they got over there but you know it's it's the feeling of every week uh, that your team plays a home game going alongside your brothers just sitting there uh, there's a great video that I've got on my camera roll from from a few of those boys over there uh, celebrating a 90th minute winner with blokes that they've never met in their life you know <laughs> but you treat them like they're your biological twin brother you know it's just it's the connectedness dagger and it's the electricity it, it gives you something to look forward to during the week you know it's a, it's football is truly an escape, and and I think that's sort of where other sports need to tap into because you you, you don't really see um, sort of crowds or, or fans that uh, are anything like football fans. A eh, dagger, it's just you're, you're completely right there, especially in Europe, just a, a complete yeah. different breed of people. Special, special people. There you go, boys. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass Trades and Builders. I'm talking to you. Let's move on uh, and let's uh, go check in on Dagger's Donuts or what is it? <laughs> Kempe's, Kempe's, oh. Kempe's Collects or in brackets or lack of. Well, we're, lack we're at Cambridge Synthetic today. We're at Cambridge Synthetic. And it, there was a Kempe. Yeah. It's the, it's, the, it's the Everest cursed. I know that we've had another mission. Someone's we pulled out. I, I forgot the, yep. what the name, but a big name. Yep. We'll have, we'll have, we do it. have another big horse pull out. We'll talk about that in Love Racing. It started at to take a different shape. Uh, we've had another addition mm. as well. Um, but, yep, the Everest only, I'd say a couple of weeks ago, I think it's the 14th of October that race is um, happening. The, the the good news is I wish I win still in it for Mark Chittick and the whole of New Zealand's going to be on that uh, horse riding that home and with a good chance too, is he, I think. Um, but plenty of good racing coming up um, starting this Friday night for me and a uh, big day on Saturday, but... Like you said, Cambridge Synthetic today. They go around once more. Beautiful. Love racing. Kempe, coming up. Yes, it's 6.45, and you can call us anytime. 0800 150 811 Timber Bedpost. Text machine. Find a thoroughbred race day 
at events.loveracing.nz. And as he just touched on it, tra- uh, trainer Annabelle Lo- uh, Nisham's hopes of having her first The Everest runner has been dashed after her brilliant mare, Sunshine in Paris, was ruled out with injury. Uh, she said Sunshine in Paris has st- sustained a minor ligament strain in the near foreleg and the mare won't run again this spring, which is pretty sad. And while Sunshine in Paris is out, uh, guess who's filled the hole of the great giga kick, is he? You want to have a guess? Oh, another one, good, Imperatrice. No, another good horse, Cylinder. Uh, Cylinder's taken Cylinder. up. Yeah, Cylinder's taken up that spot, and we've already got paid a couple of times on Cylinder this year um, for Drain, James Heron Bloodstock. Uh, there's no odds come out on Cylinder yet, but um, we still got a, a nice little favourite there uh, for Trackside Media. I Who's wish favorite? I win at four dollars fifteen. Well, I wish I'd I win. Wish as, I, I wish I'd win. Um, is there? At the moment, uh, but you know, still a couple of weeks out, and as we see, we've got a whole couple of horses uh, pulling out as we speak, and then they have to be filled. Those slots still, I think, four slots to fill uh, at the moment. But I'm pretty sure they'll. Um, they just wait to see whether or not they can get their owners across the line to uh, to fill those spots. And another one to follow this Friday because we got go to the Valley on Friday, and of course, Imperatrice is there. Uh, in the more stakes in race seven. I think it's a good thing at a dollar ninety. We heard that from Paulie Moati yesterday. But Trans Tasman trainer Mike Moroni is hopeful he has plucked a quality filly out of New Zealand um, to plunder the riches in Melbourne this spring. Originally in the care of New Zealand co trainer Pam Gerrard. I saw Pam down at uh, Christchurch this year. We took Just Ask Me down for the Winter Cup. Moroni saw plenty of potential in Cool Volante following her two trial placings and thought she would be an ideal candidate was Flemington operation. We had her in New Zealand. We knew she was pretty good, so I put some good stable clients in over here and purchased her off the original owners, and some of them actually stayed in. The daughter Prozia subsequently had two starts at Sandown as a juvenile last season, winning at her last start over 1,300 metres. Moroni has been impressed with the way she's developed as a three-year-old and is on the Group 1,000 Guinea 1,600 metres at Caulfield in November, but will kick off her campaign in the Group 3 Scarborough Stakes, which is on Friday night at the Valley with Imperatry. Um, in race three, so being nominated, uh, so that's another one to keep a lookout for on Friday night if you're looking at your multis. So um, Mike Moroni's Cool Volante, another one, and we can't leave this one out too because in race four um, at Eagle Farm on Friday night is another good-looking horse by the name of Pungle, and Pungle's in there. Ah, yeah. Ah. Trained by Chris Waller and owned by the one and only Israel Dag, being nominated to run in that race. There is a very, very good little horse in there called Little Eagle, though. Uh, it's had three starts for three wins, so we'll probably start favourite, but uh, I might just have a little cheeky gold coin on Pungle on Friday night and see if we can get the work done there. We've got, uh, obviously, racing down in Cambridge today. We've had a text coming already from our man Cam down in Cambridge. He likes race four, number eight, has to be perfect each way. It's at, I think it's six bucks fifty and not too, not too bad odds, actually, is he? Six dollars fifty, two, what is it? Six fifty, two forty. And just as I said that, the TAB's put it on hold. So Cam's got a little bit of pull down there. Um, and he also likes Ch- uh, Chico Mojito, which I like, as well, because I like uh, race five, uh, Chica Mojito. It's uh, it's a short price favourite. I think oh, if you if you're looking at a a multi, also go to race six. I don't mind. There's another horse in there called La uh, La Severza. I think that's how you say that name, La Severza. Mm. And in race three, I like Sonic Boom. 
So uh, a little multi there, $12 multi. Uh, Chica Mojito, which Cam likes as well, into La Cerveza and Sonic Boom. That's paying 12 bucks. So that's our Love Racing update today. Grab your mates and get on course. Visit events.loveracing.nz to find a race day near you. Beautiful, Kempi. And yeah, Pango is either Friday night or Saturday night. Friday night's a bit hard. It's been spelling for so long. And yeah, you had a couple of jump outs. Came home relatively well in its last trial. Will be interesting to see how it can go out there. It's been a while between races, so you've kind of forgot about it until the, the invoice comes in for the prior training bills. <laughs> but anyway, we'll hopefully get something paid on the weekend. Plenty to look forward to there, Kempe. Big races today and this weekend. Appreciate it, my friends. So keep those messages coming through. And remember, Ian Kirkpatrick is coming on after 7 o'clock because yesterday... The text machine heated up, and we're talking about the passion and the game currently in New Zealand. We know what's unfolding over in Australia. It's been a long time coming. Is New Zealand rugby heading the same way? Well, we're going to go right to the grassroots. Ian Kirkpatrick, a poverty-based stalwart legend, will join us after 7. If you've got any questions for Ian Kirkpatrick, please send them through on double eight double three. We'll shoot away, and we'll come back soon. Yes, welcome back. Coming up, we've got a big couple of hours. We've got Mitch Santner at 7.40. We're going to be talking the Cricket World Cup. We're not too far away from that commencing, and I cannot wait to see how the Black Caps are able to do. They're taking on England in their first game. They've got a couple of warm-ups before that. So Mitch Santner, we'll see where he's at at the moment. He's only had one game in that ODI series against Bangladesh. He was over in the United States, so plenty to talk about. He'll be an influential figure over in India with the pictures that are on offer over there. So looking forward to that. Ian Kirkpatrick and Ken Laban after eight as well. A couple of messages here there, Kempi, for your food. Uncle, Captain Moana's is on the road parallel with the motorway between Drury and Papakura and can confirm the fry bread and creamed kryptonite away <laughs> from Brett. <laughs> yeah, they look, uh, honestly, looks good. I have to make a trip out there. No, knowing that it's just off the motorway, maybe on the next trip home down to Taranaki, um, a little a little pull to the side of the the side of the road there, just maybe toilet break over there, mm. the Captain Moana's maybe. We'll have to see. And, uh, yeah, I know a few boys that when they get into that cream power, the gout hits them. Um, <laughs> yeah, you look like one of those gout men. Have you ever had gout? No, no, no. No? Kippy. I'm on a diet like you. You're not what you're not having any baps any morning from from your best mate, so we won't be uh heading over there and getting those anytime soon. But I do love a cream power and I do love my kaimwana as well. Mm. And Tim from Christchurch just sent through a nice message as well there, Kimpy. For me, Cleary has an epic roster and hasn't had to do it a lot extra this year. Webby has taken a broken club and a bunch of misfits and had them all playing the best footy of their careers. That is a great coach. Yeah, look, and I and I hear you, Tim. I, I, who was I watching? Uh, it was Carmichael Hunt. Carmichael Hunt yesterday I was watching, he did a preview for the Warriors-Broncos game because he came out of Auckland as 11-year-old. This is I, I hate these stories. Come out of Auckland as 11-year-old as a Kiwi, goes to Australia, plays, and ends up playing for Australia. But talking about the Warriors and his win in Brisbane in 2008, I think it was, or 2006, they won the grand final. And he said he didn't appreciate actually how hard it was to win a grand final. Now, put that into context, Cleary's been there five times. Mm. You know, and four of them 
in the last four years. So I'm not. I'm saying if it, if it was me voting, he's hands down best coach this year. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, Kempi. Oh, don't get me wrong, Tim. I, I think uh, Weeby's done a fantastic job to be able to turn this club around. But so has Kevin Walters and and Co. But when you're doing something that is really hard to achieve, like chasing three straight, there's got to be something special. Yes, they've got a great roster, and I'm still questioning how they're able to have so many players under the salary cap. But anyway, that said, they're heading for their third straight. It's something that hasn't been done in decades. So appreciate it. And Ed. Has come through talking about East Coast. Yes, they're flying at the moment. Uh, seven games, five wins, and two losses. They're sitting in fourth place, and uh, they're absolutely thriving. Well, Poverty Bay, a legend, is coming up. They are two wins and five losses, so they're struggling a wee bit. But they've got an awesome weekend this weekend. They're heading to Pahitahi, and they're taking on South Canterbury, the undefeated reigning champion South Canterbury at home. So Ian Kirkpatrick will have plenty to say about that. And he'll have plenty to say about the current state of the game because yesterday the text machine was heating up. It was absolutely on fire, and we want to bring the passion back. we got Ian Kirkpatrick and we got Ken Laban to put some perspective on the current state of rugby in New Zealand. So stay tuned for that. Aroha coming up. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, shaping and building New Zealand. It's Tradies Hour with night and day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local night and day. It's just after 7 o'clock here on a Wednesday morning. Izzy Kempe for breakfast. we got Robbie cooking up a wee little stew there in the in the kitchen. We're alongside Kez who is just burning handles with him. <laughs> and we got Aroha keeping us up to date with the news. So I hope you're enjoying the show. Keep those messages coming through on double eight double three oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven is our phone line if you want to have your say. And Tim, it's an award for this year, not the last four. Just saying lol. I know Timmy. I know I'm hearing you and look I I, I want I'd love to see Webby get the recognition to uh for this year's success. Well if they had gone one more 100%, I think we'd be able to got it. But just falling short, maybe, might cost them. But anyway, it's anyone's guess, anyone's guess, really, what the NRL are thinking. I'm really looking forward for that halfback position, whether Sean Johnson will be able to get Dallium halfback of the year. Anyway, clue number two for Who Am I? Adidas Golf Voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas. Visit adidas.co.nz slash getaway underscore with underscore golf. T's and C's apply. Clue number two, away from my sport, I am a qualified teacher. It is a hard one today. It is a hard one today. We haven't had, we've had a couple of guesses. You're well off the mark, but I'll give you clue number one again. I represented New Zealand in my chosen sport, and I was born in Wellington in the 90s. Clue number two, away from sport, I am a qualified teacher. If you know the answer, please send them through on double eight double three, and we'll announce that winner of a hundred dollar Adidas golf voucher later on in the show. Well, we're going to talk to Ian Kirkpatrick, an absolute legend uh, from Poverty Bay region on the East Coast, and they've got a uh, a huge weekend there in the Poverty Bay. They've had a fair bit of rain as well, so I'd love to get an understanding of what's uh, what's it like up in there and in, in, in along the East Coast at the moment. Ian Kirkpatrick. The great man is joining us right now. Ian, how you doing? Pretty good, is he? 
pretty good. Uh, we've had only had about 130 mils of rain since <laughs> Sunday, but um, we've had about, I don't know how many feet we've had over the last nine months, and particularly up the coast, uh, even more so. So anyway, um, it's stopped raining at the moment, so let's hope that um, you know, we get sunshine uh, from now to the weekend. Yeah, it's been pretty devastating there, Ian. And we spoke to you earlier on in, in the uh, in the year after Soakline Gabriel. Has there been any more damage? You know, has 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 Gizzy or, or the East Coast region been able to withstand this this torrential fall? Well, this you know this one hasn't been you know too bad. It's uh, you know it varies from place to place. But I know up the coast there, I know the rivers are pretty high in the last couple of days up there, and they've. You know, let's face it, they've been hammered up there ever since about February, you know, this year. And so, yeah, it's it's not uh, it's not that good, but, uh, you know, they're getting through it and uh, pretty resilient up the coast there. So, yeah, so, you know, there's parts of uh, inland uh, Gisborne here that, that really copped it uh, back in, particularly in Gabriel and just after. Um, but, it's, you know, it varies. It's bad in some places, other places not so bad, so... Yeah, so um, <clears throat> we're getting through it. Yep, no, it's uh, not that easy for the guys out there on the farms, but uh, yeah, and well, it's also the um, it's been difficult on the flats here with um, you know vegetable growers and leader brand uh, a big players there, and you know it's been a bit of a nightmare for them. But uh, again, they've you know worked their way through it, and uh, yeah, just hope we. Um, we have uh, a little bit better weather in the next six months coming up. Yeah, predicting, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's, it's going to be warm in the end, I'm hearing. Well, that's what they're saying, yeah. You know, West is mm. um, hot temperatures. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's coming up. So, yeah, so we get ready for that as well, I guess. <laughs> Take what we get. Beautiful, mate. Yeah, no, no, hopefully you get some sunshine and you're able to have an enjoyable summer. But uh, we want to talk about the rugby situation. I know you've got a pretty important weekend in terms of Poverty Bay. You're playing in Patutahi at Paddy's Park against the reigning champ South Canterbury, mate. Is this the way going forward for New Zealand rugby to get back into the regions? Let's talk about that moment first, playing it in Patutahi. Uh, yeah, I, well, I think so. I think it's good. I, You know, we, mm. we used to get you know, probably, uh, Rugby Park in, in Gisborne is out of action for all sorts of reasons. Uh, earthquake problems with the and liquefaction with the standards and the ground needs doing. So it's, it's been out of action uh, for the last mm. couple of years, really, almost. Uh, definitely all this year. So they've had games in, at the Oval in, in, the, in the middle of town, uh, which hasn't been too bad. You know, it's a pretty good ground. It's um, recovered from the, the wet. And so out of Paratai, um, you know, it's about 12, 15 k's out of town, out at the uh, headquarters of Nadaba Rugby Club, uh, we've got South Canterbury. And so, you know, I think it's great out there. You know, we've always had, um, on a Saturday, when Nadaba had a home game out there, once every three weeks or two weeks, just about. Um, the crowds have been pretty good. They, they come in from wider out. And so let's hope we've, we've got a good day and it's going to be... Um, we get a good crowd there because it's a pretty good atmosphere out there at Paratai. And uh, the ground took a bit of a hammering over the winter with, with the rain, but it's um, mm. it has dried out in the last uh, 10 days. So let's hope that um, it doesn't uh, continue to rain and we get a, get a bit of sunshine and um, 
we get a good game out there. So it's, I think it's probably, you know, the crowds have dropped off over the years. You know, we used to get, you know, back in the day, uh, there was, you know, we used to get pretty good crowds for provincial games. Now, you know, it's not quite the same. And so, you know, I think it's the same everywhere, really, for, you know, a lot of the game here in New Zealand that the crowds have dropped off. And so, you know, it's good that the game goes out into the real heartland of um, of clubs that, that make up, you know, particularly uh, heartland country competition. So, yeah, we're looking forward to the Saturday afternoon against the um, South Academy juggernaut. They haven't, uh, <laughs> I think they've had 19 games on the trot where they haven't been beaten. So uh, they're going to be a handful and a half. But, yeah, so, yeah, I'd yeah, not up a rugby club and probably about rugby and, in general, we'll look forward to the weekend. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully you can get that done, Kirky. It's Kempe, mate. Thanks for joining us this morning on Breakfast. There's been a lot of chat in and around New Zealand rugby with this review, and 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 you're just talking about bringing the game back to the heartland and to the community. And is it a bit of a peep into the future when you've got Sonny Bill Williams talking about Australia, and even Steve Hansen? I don't know if you heard that comment saying that the game in Australia is pretty pretty broken. Do you think? We're headed in that same direction, Kuki. What's your thoughts on the state of state of play in New Zealand? I don't think we're so, you know, we're, we're going down the same road as Aussie. Uh, we, we're we're a different you know rugby country over here. They they've got to compete with all those other big sports, AFL, NRL, um, soccer here. So yeah, we um, we've certainly there's certainly a problem. I mean, you can't you can't ignore what what the fans tell us, you know, the fans, you know, rugby fans who have got rugby in their DNA for ever and a day, um, you know, we, you've got to listen to them. And so if they're not turning up, there's something wrong with the game. So um, what the answer is, I, I don't know. You know, we had a transformation in the game from when the, you know, when the games were, when the rugby, when rugby became, international in the early 1900s it wasn't until 1996 when we had the um the change to or sansa really led the charge into professionalism and you know let's face it that was a transformation of the game you played in that is in that sort of era um and after that um you know it was the rugby was was fantastic but it just it's become since then become very defensive um, and we've got that defensive line sort of a lot of the time cheating that last man's foot line with you know, the offside liners. And so we, we're getting this negativity in the game. It's all about defence and, and being big and, you know, big and brutal and whatever you like to call it, taking it up and now taking penalties instead of kicking it out and going for a, a rolling ball a little bit, in this, particularly in this World Cup. So, yeah, you know, the game... The game has got its problems, but there's no reason why, you know, it can't be, be tweaked like it was in 96. I mean, that was outstanding rugby, that, for the first probably 10 years of Super Rugby, and it, then it became very became very defensive. And so, you know, it's, we, we've got the game what it is now, but we've got to also appreciate the fact that the players now only know one game. They only know the game that they're playing now because they weren't even, some of them weren't even born in 96. And so we've got that problem where we've got to get get 
through the mindset that the game is what it is now has got to be, but you know it doesn't have to be really. I think I think world rugby's got to make got to make the, the, the leading charge here and and maybe make a few twigs and maybe get a think tank in that's got really good rugby thinking guys, young guys, a mixture of mm. maybe the different eras, but you know the, I think the game's got to be something's got to be done. Otherwise, I think we're going to go down the path where we, 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 you know, we don't have the crowds at games anymore. I don't know. The television um, ratings seem to be up there, but I can't sort of believe it sometimes. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, the MPC right now, is there's some great games in it, I think. You know, the rugby's pretty good. The Kiwi sides are trying to play uh, an open game and run it and as much as they can. But then they've got this defensive thing and the you know the structure of defence and all that all the time. It sort of it negates anyone, any team that really wants to get out there and, and try and run it. Because we've got some, you know, we've produced some great ball runners over the, the years, but we gradually have lost that. We haven't seen them. I think it's about enough for me, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, it's good. I'm loving it. Passion, passion as always, because you you're you're part of the grassroots here, Kuki. You know, you you're one of the the, the foundations you you laid those foundations for what we have right now, so you you have an opinion that people will listen and appreciate. Kirky, uh, look, the, we had the review come out and it said that NPC is unsustainable. Super Rugby is running at a financial loss. Clubs and franchises are struggling. We cannot have everything at the moment. What would you love to see from a solution point of view? Should we get rid of Super Rugby? Should we just rely? heavily on NPC, knowing that we're potentially not going to be exposed to overseas teams and, and players? Well, we're, you know, we're in a disadvantage down here, but Europe's completely different. I mean, you, you've got a population yeah. up there of millions. Down here, we've got us, we've got Australia, we've got Argentina along the Southern Hemisphere, and now South Africa don't play in Super Rugby. You know, the, mm. <clears throat> when I was with the Canes in the mid 2000s, and we used to go to Savica and and play in, in Aussie, and you know the Super Rugby was outstanding. But it just it's become a difficult competition because of the travel uh, right across to Savica, and you know the and the money involved, and then you haven't got that same thing as the Six Nations in Europe, where you know if they had tiddlywinks at uh, Twickenham, they'd all turn up because it's you know it's an occasion, and they've got huge populations to draw from where we haven't here and so we've got that sparse sort of geographic situation where if we want a, a really good competition it's going to take a lot of travel and a lot of money and um, you know we need a game that's going to attract the, the, the people again the, the, you know the fans are back again so you know we're in a difficult position down here in the southern hemisphere because of that very reason but somehow, you know, we've got to try and keep keep the game going. And, you know, our, our grassroots, will, I don't think will ever, they'll, they'll never die. But, but it's just becoming more and more uh, difficult to get, um, particularly, I guess it probably happens in, in the Auckland competition too, to get uh, players to turn up and to have teams that are, uh, you know, can put out a team every, every Saturday. You know, guys are getting... A lot of injuries, guys are getting hurt. It doesn't help much. Um, so yeah, we just got to keep keep working at our game and trying to 
maybe convince the West of the, the you know world rugby that that you know we want to see the game flourish. And at the moment, it's um, it's not really doing it, particularly down here in the Southern Hemisphere, and particularly you know Aussie in particular. And and we you know we we we're, we're slightly different to Aussie, but you know we we are losing the fan base, and that's a, that's a hell of a worry. I mean, I only say this because you know we we came through. I don't want to go back in the day, but you know we came through the amateur days. I mean, they were they, they were fantastic days, and so we went into professionalism. And I was all for it. You know, why not? Why not pay our players to put their bodies on the line? But you know, the game itself has got a has got to change. Otherwise. I think the spiral like we're we're in now is is probably not going to go away. Yeah, I'll just ask so that. Anyway. I'll just ask that question for you, Kirky, because I think that peeping of the future. And just quickly before you let you go, um, they did a review New Zealand rugby into the the governance of the game. That was the one question: Is it fit for purpose? Um, and you've been a provincial union man. You've been through Super Rugby. Obviously, played for the All Blacks. And yes, I hear what you're saying from '96 and kids. Pre ninety six, uh, uh, post ninety six, not really understanding what you went through and what I, when I was watching you play. But where do you stand in a in a in a in a sentence or two with the current governors of the game, the board of NZR? Do they need to step down, and do you need a change at that level? Because that's the question that's been asked. No, I think yeah, the review certainly says that, um, and I think. You know, that's probably been a bit archaic right over the years, you know, going right back, you know, that our administration hasn't been what it should be and kept up with, you know, what what's required now. And I think, you know, the, the board of New Zealand Rugby, they they change too often, you know. They, they do their three years and they bother put themselves up again for nomination and... Um, you know, I, I just think there's there's not enough continuity in our uh, administration as we go into, you know, what's a little bit of a difficult time. We need some really good decisions made, and I think the way that maybe the board is picked is a is a bit archaic, and I think this review has said that, and I think it's a, it's a you know, it's a pretty damning review. It's but it, you know they've been straight up and honest. And that's what you know. That's what the review needed to be. And of course, the Players Association have had a big hand in that. And why not too? And so, yeah, um, yeah. I just think that maybe if they can come up with a panel that's appointed to maybe uh, designate the, the the right sort of changes and the process of of picking the board um, is is the right one. And so we you know we can march on from there, but. I think at the moment it's it's a little bit yeah, there's a bit of a chasm there between I think the professional part of the game and, and, and maybe the provincial unions and it seems to be a bit of a chasm there between the two two groups which is a bit of a bit sad really. It, it shouldn't be that. We should be there for, for all of us and so make make the right decisions for the game going forward. It's just you know, it's it's not that difficult to see, you know, what needs to be done but change things in, in rugby uh, circles, particularly in NZ, is not that easy. Thank you so much for your time there, uh, Ian Kirkpatrick. We appreciate you coming on the show, mate. There's some passion 
coming through your voice. All the best for the weekend, Poverty Bay taking on South Canterbury. And uh, hopefully we can get the game where it needs to be, but it's hard to really understand or believe that we're heading in that way. But uh, thank you so much, mate. Take care, Kirky, and uh, I'll be back over summer, so hopefully I can come and catch yeah. up with you, mate, and, and have a yarn with you. Appreciate it. Yeah, two orders. Two orders. Yeah, see you, Tony. See you, see you, Kirky. He's a great man. Yeah, he is. He's a good man, mate. Ian Kirkpatrick, he knows what it's like at the grassroots level, and... Uh, yeah, interesting to hear him talk about the state of the game. And he's dead right, Kempe. We just need to get on for the better of the game. You know, there's no one better than this, better than each other. We've, we've got to work together and find a, a solution. I know we wanted to talk to him about that. That's the situation now, taking the powers away from the provinces is probably not the right decision to make because we know how important the province are, provinces are. Yeah, I think that I think that last um, answer from him when he said that the professional game, the provincial unions, are split, you know, and there's a bit of a, a he used the word chasm in between it, you know, like that understanding of how you get the the professional game and the provincial game working together, um, and inside the review they talk they talk about uh, bringing together a council, and, and in essence, what they're saying is let's you know, and it's an NRL commission. You know, so you know, Valandis is the head of the NRL Commission. It's that type of model that they're looking at, um, and whether or not that's going to be good for the game or not is possibly a way of bringing the professional era through the provincial unions and making it sustainable. I still don't. I, look, personally, I don't think that the model, the game model, you can't run that in New Zealand because you can't draw that money that Australia draws. And I hear what Kirky says around AFL, NRL, and soccer over in Australia because it's bigger. The market. That's why I keep saying, well, you got to join the market. You got to get your fair fair split. That's what the NRL done to AFL, and that's why there's such a big fight on. Um, but yeah, that's really. Really interesting hearing from someone who's been through provincial unions, been to Super Rugby, played at the All Blacks way back in the day, um, and now and 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 says honestly, guys don't know what it was like. Like that is the, the profound um, chat from Kirky today. Like you actually don't know what it used to be like, um, and yeah. that's the worry. I'm hearing you, Kempe. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this spring back soon. 33 minutes past seven here on SCNZ. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. No Rick for the next two weeks. Boys, big school holidays. So you got me, Kez, taking you through. Uh, my apologies on behalf of Israel Dag there, boys. But <laughs> do tradies deserve special treatment at their local Kennards Higher branch? Ken Oath they do. That's like asking, did Reese Walsh throw a forward pass? Ken Oath he did. Boys, I just thought I'd bring you one little quick one before we head off and uh, join Mitchell Satner, obviously uh, prepping for the Cricket World Cup later on. Uh, Jeepers, it's all ramping up now, getting exciting. Uh, We'll join Mitch just in a moment. But boys, quickly, uh, Jabari Parker, a former NBA player, he's made a move over to Europe to go play in Barcelona. And over the last few weeks... A few uh, recent ex-NBA players have come out with some very interesting news. Uh, just giving an inside look, peeling back the curtain, taking a look into the fourth wall. Uh, Jabari Parker <laughs> has come out with this quote. Now, I just want to get your take on this. Sadly, the NBA is a business, and there are only 10 to 12 teams that try to win every game. And the other half try to get a draft pick. Where does that leave the good players? It's no excuse to see DeMarcus Cousins, Dwight Howard or John Wall, guys who are potentially going into the Hall of Fame, seeing those guys without a job. 
we are seeing the league get watered down, unfortunately. Can, can, so, I, can I quickly just... I just want to take that and add it to Kirky's conversation, is he? All right, see, back in the old days, there was no money. You know, you 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 got up and you you woke up and you went and played for Poverty Bay. That was your team. Mark Shaw, you know, on the side of the scrum for uh, or two. Graham Murray on the side, and Dave Loveridge on the side of the scrum and halfback for Taranaki. No money. And then what's happened over all these years, now it's about money. And you've got... What, what they never had in those days, so they never had player managers... They never had business um, like sponsors. Never had that much money, and and what you've got now, and what Kez is just touching on, is you've got a player as good as he is, is he Dag, being marketed to whoever's got the bet, the most money, and and those decision makings aren't just the players. Could you could you imagine back in that day, Kirky being told that he needs to go and play up in Whangarei for Northland? Just would never have happened, mm. you know. And I think that's sort of part of the conversation when you're going, the fan, the fans aren't being listened to. So I remember a conversation a couple of years ago when Taranaki NPC, they had a whole team that wasn't from Taranaki. Mm, it's just, yeah, becoming the business, isn't it? But, it's a business. But who do you want to run the business is the question that we're dealing with now, especially in New Zealand. Uh, boys, really excited. to. We'll carry on that conversation later on. I've got a few clips to play you as well. Uh, just peeling back the curtain there on, on arguably the, one of the biggest leagues in the world, the NBA. But there you go, boys. Do Kennard make trade easy? Reese Walsh Ford pass. That's what I'm going to start saying instead of Ken Oath because it was that obvious, wasn't it, boys? <laughs> You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. We are Very 24 good. minutes away from eight. When we come back, we'll catch up with Mitchell Satner out of the Blake Caps camp. Yes, welcome back. We're, we're only a couple of weeks away from the Cricket World Cup in India and they've got a couple of warm-up matches. They've just concluded that series over in Bangladesh. Obviously winning that last game pretty convincingly, but Mitch Satner... He's been in the United States. He's played at one game against England. So he's heading to the World Cup fresh as a daisy. And he's looking forward to ripping in. And he's joined us right now. Mitchell Santner, how you doing, bud? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, Mitch, we appreciate you coming on the show. Hey, how are you feeling? Been played in one of the four ODIs against England. You feeling fresh? You ready to rip in? Yeah, no, um... It's, you know, it's been nice to, to come home for a, for a week or so and freshen up and like a few of the other boys. But, um, you know, the guys put in a good shift in Bangladesh, which was cool to watch. And uh, I think they're ready to go as well. Mate, you would have been playing plenty of golf. We know you're off scratch. Did you get a bit of golf in before you shot off? Um, I'd be lying if I, if I said I didn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice. To... <laughs> We've gotten a few rounds in the UK as well, so the, the club's... Uh, Clubs are on route to India as well. Beautiful, mate. Hey, uh, just just tell us quickly before I pass it over to Kempi about your experience playing over in the Major League Cricket in the States. Played at the Texas Super Kings with Devon, captain by Faf, and uh, coached by Stephen Fleming. How how was that experience for you, mate? Yeah, it was cool. Um, you know, obviously the first time you know cricket's kind of gone to the US, and you know it was it was very. It was cool, you know, um, it was cool to see the crowds turn out and, um, you know, Texas was pretty hot, but we had some nice barbecue. So um, I think, you know, going forward that it's all it can really take off and it'll be cool to see. Hey, Mitch, over the last couple of months, you had a series against the UAE in Dubai, then a couple of games for the Southern Brave in the 100 before the series against England, as we mentioned. Are you enjoying the variety of cricket? Yeah, 
Uh, so obviously, I've always kind of wanted to go and play um, in the hundred, but it was you know it was playing you know made you know it was available, so I could go to Dubai and play for New Zealand as well. So you know I've been on the road for a little bit and, and playing like you said a Ferrari of cricket and in different conditions. So I guess you know you bank in experiences everywhere you go, playing in different conditions and. Um, but yeah, it's been fun, and and my family was kind of with me the whole way, so that was that made it enjoyable as well. From a, a, a preparation point of view, it's been a pretty disruptive um, lead up to this World Cup. You've had Captain K, obviously, everyone's holding their breath to see what he's able to do. Then you've had Tim Southey having to go get surgery. So for you and your uh, relationship with Gary Stead, has there been much chat about the leadership role that you're going to take on in this World Cup? Yeah, I guess it has been a, an interesting one. I mean, that game at Lords was pretty chaotic. I think we had three guys go off in about the space of half an hour. So, um, but yeah, I guess the the nature of the schedule we've had. You know, we've had obviously that great series against England with good prep, and then the boys in Bangladesh. You know, um, you know, I guess the the well-being side of it. They don't want everyone to do everything and be away for so long. So, um, you know, we have a, a couple of good warm-up games where everyone will be you know, ready to go. I know Kane's pretty excited to, to get back and play some of those and, and test out the body. So, yeah, like you said, it has been a little bit chaotic and guys, there's a lot of moving parts, but um, yeah, no, I think when we get to India and the squad, you know, assemble fully, um, you know, everyone will be ready to go. When you're heading into a series or, or a World Cup in India, we know the conditions suit players particularly like yourself. We saw Ish Sodi taking six for 39 against Bangladesh. And obviously losing Michael Bracewell is a big blow. But you've got yourself, you've got Ish. Are we likely to prioritise spin or stick slightly more? Like, How do you juggle that balance heading to India? Yeah, I guess it's a hard one because we, you know, we know India can, can spin at times and it can also be be pretty flat so I think you know obviously the loss of Michael Brace was a massive one um, you know the option to spin the ball the other way to, to me and each um, is obviously handy with left hand and, you know seeing Glenn Phillips do a pretty good job of late but yeah I guess you know we come up to some grounds and like say up in Dhammashala where seamers can play you know more of a part and you might get down to say Chennai where it can spin a little bit so I think you know having you know, well-balanced squad. Um, you know, we've got our obviously our world-class seamers, and uh, we'll have to do a role as well on some of the grounds. And then obviously spin could play a factor as well. Um, you know, obviously the long nature of the games, the hundred overs, it can start to slow down. And then, you know, I think Jew can be a factor around this time as well. So, um, you know, having having that kind of basis covered with with spin and seam, you know, I think we've got a pretty good squad to to do that. Yeah, talking about a couple of world-class additions, great to hear Tim Sally has been confirmed to fly to the World Cup, uh, and I'm sure there's a bit of doubt over when both him and Kane will be available to play, but have you been able to have a have a catch-up with the two, and have you, how are they looking in the nets and, and on the field? Yeah, I think, obviously, the big one was Kane, um, you know, how, how he'd pull up, but he's been hitting balls, you know, the whole time through England. Um, he's doing running and stuff, so I think, you know, he's going to be, He's looking to play, um, obviously, these warm-up games, and it'll be a good, you know, indicator to see how he's going. And um, Tim's Tim's one didn't look great um, being there live, but you know, I spoke to him the other day. Got a couple of pins in them, and he's he said he'll be. Um, it might be a bit sore, but you know, he's gonna, he's pretty confident that he, you know, he'll be ready. So you know, a, a stalwart look like him, he doesn't want to miss an event like this. So no doubt he'll be he'll be ready to go if he's able.
There's a lot of concerns because we're talking to been talking about it on air. Reality, you can't hide anyone on the field, particularly in an ODI. You've got to be, you've got to be mobile. You've got to, you know, you've got to be everywhere. And Kane Williamson, they've taken away the runner, so you can't just get him out there to bat with a runner. So, like, like, what's is, is there that chat being told? Like, can is there anywhere you could hide Kane if he's? Have you seen him get out of first gear? Tell me that. Give us some confidence. Um. Yeah, you're right about the I mean, we might have to have a slip the whole game. It might be flat. We've got to slip <laughs> the 50th over the game. But, yeah, nah. Like you said, it is a long, it is a long format. And, um, you know, it is tough to hide people. So I think, you know, I think that would be part of it. I mean, if it, he's, yeah, I guess he's going to be able to kind of run around. And, you know, he he, do, he is tracking, obviously, a lot better than everyone thought. So I guess we'll see in these white games where he's, where he's at. Um, with fielding, I think fielding will probably be the hardest part. Um, you know, he probably might park up at Gully for, 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 at least at the power plane. But um, yeah, like you said, it, it is pretty tough to, to juggle. But um, you know, we've got two two white games, uh, which will be a good, good indicator. Yeah, chuck him in that slip, mate. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy <laughs> with Captain K on the field. It gives me a lot of confidence. If he's that slip and that ball goes past him, just put your hand up, mate, and someone from. Fine legal run and grab it, mate. You'll be fine. So, uh, Captain K, more confidence for us. Hey, uh, just quickly, have you patented the the claw? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're never going to get on that, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> mate, well, talk, tell us about this claw, this new variation of a ball that you, you've, you've, you know, you've scripted up. That, that you're going to, you going to test it over there? Yeah, I think. Well, we've seen, you know, finger spinners can be quite challenging at times. Um, so you need you need some kind of variation. So I think to lefties, I might have to bring it out, especially if there's a bit of spin. Keep them guessing a little bit. Beautiful. Hey, 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 hey Mitch, Mitch I've got, I got a quick fire for you. Okay, just four questions. Best barber in the team? Trent Bolt. Trent Bolt, okay. Best poker player? Ooh, uh, I reckon Lockie. Lockie gets that. Who's the best one that picks the best horses? If you're having a punt, not many in our team. <laughs> All right, and who's the head of entertainment? Um, well, Bolt reckons he is because he's on tunes, but um, you know that's debatable for sure. Sounds like Trent Bolt's first name on the on the on the sheet when the team gets selected. <laughs> awesome. Hey, we appreciate you coming on, Mitch, and uh, thanks very much. All the best for the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's, it's awesome to have another world event on our on our doorstep to, to watch and unfold, and hopefully you can go one better, my friend. Have you pictured it? One better. Not asking much, eh? <laughs> Not asking much, mate. Hey, all the best, Mitch, and good to see you back out there, and, and go well over there. Go get him in. Thanks, mate. Cheers, guys. Awesome. There is Mitch Santner talking about the ODI. Look, it's an interesting one. We've, we're lucky, you know, that, that Captain K is tracking really well. You've got Tim Sale, who's on the right mark. You think when you get a couple of screws in your hand and you need to get your, your ball position into, you know, because you've got to understand it's his, it's his fingers that actually go down the seam there, Kempe, and it's, it's quite a challenging one. And when you're not able to hold and, and have grip of that ball when you're trying to manoeuvre it over there. It's uh, it's difficult. So it's, it's like awesome. it's like the Kempe seamer from school. They throw those fingers hey. through it and it goes down, and they think that it's going to bounce back at the bat, but it'll go away from it.
Can you just give me a ball? Can you can you bowl one in yeah, the camera? Watch. Yeah. Nah, nah. See, does your shoulder is your shoulder stiff? No, no. It's just it's just wide. <laughs> it's, come, it's coming wide from way out. It's coming from way out the east coast. <laughs> yeah, that that's your downfall. So in cricket, your your bowling arms are meant to shave your ear. Oh yeah, and there's no chance so of getting my get shoulder your, or my can ear. Can you get your shoulder close to your ear? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, no, a, that's my elbow. It's got a twenty foot <laughs> roll away there, Dickie. You can't get close. <laughs> there's a ruler between your your ear and your arm. That, that we need to work on that. A bit of flexibility. Anyway, Kippy, we'll shoot off. We'll come back. That was uh, Mitch Santner talking about the ODI. After eight, we're going to be continuing on the rugby chat. And there's a plenty, and I mean plenty of messages coming through on double eight, double three in terms of where the current state of rugby is at. And maybe some potential solutions that we'll get to. And here's one I'll leave you with from Greg from Wellington. This is something we've been talking about for a very long time. In a nutshell, the reason rugby is sinking is due to the disconnect between the people and the players. The fans who run the game will always tell you what they want and what they do or don't. And if the message isn't clear now, then New Zealand rugby has bigger problems. That is from Greg from Wellington. Back soon. Yes, it's Tradies Hour with Night and Day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50. at your local night and day. We're coming up to the end of the 7 o'clock hour, end of our Tradies Hour. And we have a big hour still left. We've got Ken Laban coming up to continue on this rugby chat. Uh, here's a one from Jerry, though. It was quite concerning, Kempe. Disappointed. The cricket lads don't have a punt on the GGs. I just, well... Bears must be disappointed because he must have been the only Maybe, one in there. Really? Ah, you know that's why. Through, influence. That, that's why through that question lot, in there. Not that. <laughs> yeah, mm. no. I bet you. I tell you what. I bet you the English team are right into it. <laughs> Any team that Bears is a part of, he'd be right into it. So uh, great to have a chat to uh, to Mitch Santner, and there's only been one correct answer in terms of who am I as well. So you're in the lead at the moment, my friend. You're in the lead at the moment, Timmy. You're in the lead, so keep them coming through. Double eight, double three. I'll have the final clue. I'll read all three out in the next hour, and we're going to continue on. There's plenty of messages in terms of rugby and rugby league that we'll get through in the next hour. But before then, we'll have a catch-up with the lovely, the beautiful Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. There you go. Welcome back, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ. It's amazing what you can do in three minutes. But we're back to have a big final hour of our show. And double eight, double three. Going to give you the final clue for that $100 Adidas golf voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas. Visit adidas.co.nz slash getaway underscore with underscore golf. T's and C's apply. I'll give you clue number one. I'll give you a clue number one. I represent New Zealand in my chosen sport, and I was born in Wellington in the 90s. Clue number two, away from my sport, I am a qualified teacher. And clue number three, I have a sister who plays in the same national team as me. I have a sister who plays in the same national team as me. We've only had one correct answer at the moment, so keep them coming through, double eight, double three, and we'll get... That voucher out to our lucky, lucky winner. Tim, you're the only one that's correct at the moment. So hopefully uh, many more can come through. But if not, 
Uh, it's coming your way. A couple of qu- uh, messages coming through, boys. My daughter spent six hours as a guest with a top four NPC side. As a guest, and the players didn't know half of what go- what goes on for fans. Inconsistent and expensive, expensive pricing on parking, food and beverage, and they said they missed the big crowd influence. That is from Horse, which is something we're going to cover off with our next guest, Ken Laban, who has joined us. He is at the heart of the community, particularly when rugby does a fantastic job calling all the games for NPC, Super Rugby, the Pacific Islands, and in particular, school rugby. And he is the one and only Ono Ken Laban. Morning, Ken. How you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you, Brad. Nice to be on your show. Yeah, appreciate you coming on, Ken. Uh, we, we've been talking about a lot, a lot about the game, particularly after yesterday when Dame Patsy really came out and her kind of, oh, what is it? Reaction to the the review, mate. What do you make of her comments in regards to the review? Well, she's only new to the game, isn't she? Um, Israel coming in at a um, coming in at a high profile, high status uh, position, looking at some documents on an independent review. Um, so she's going to have a perspective, in my view, that's going to be slandered by what the review says. Um, but you know, the game is much deeper. Um, and somebody producing a report to tell us something that we've all known for a long time. Um, but the real challenge for her leadership and her governance and her ability to lead the game is what policies and programs can they put in place to um, to change the game for the better and um, take it back to go forward, so to speak. Um, and when I, when I mean take it back, you know, it's not that long ago that our NPC crowds um, were bigger than Super Rugby crowds. Um, it wasn't that long ago we had uh, representative tournaments and age-grade tournaments. Uh, we had huge community involvement. Um, and then some other Ning Nong, remember, wrote a paper a few years ago and said that um, having age-grade tournaments is not the way to do it. So all the age-grade tournaments um, were scrapped um, before trying to convince us that was all in the best interest of the game. You may remember, uh, bro, there was outrage um, caused with the demise of um, of the roller mills and some of those other um, tournaments yeah. that have been part of the history and legacy of our game. So, um, you know, basically what the review, all the reviews done uh, is this told us what we already know, what we need to know for the New yeah. Zealand Rugby Union and for Patsy's, what are you going to do about it? Because um, as they say, that's why you get paid the big bucks now. You know, let's see, let's see the change implemented for the positive. Yeah, there's, a, there's another review, Ken, that's added to the thousands of other reviews in other sports. And I'm watching a game, uh, Canterbury versus Tasman on the weekend, and it looks more like a barter card cup rugby league game as far as support goes. When when you're looking at rugby and also rugby league over the years, can you see the correlation of what happened to rugby league um, back in the, the late 90s and whether or not it correlates with what's happening to rugby union right now? Kimpy, do you remember when, um, talking about endless reviews, when uh, people from outside of the game of rugby league came and told everybody that uh, the traditions of um, Taranaki, uh, Hawke's Bay, Manawatu, Wellington, Canterbury, the West Coast, etc., um, were better served by um, getting rid of those, um, of those legacy provinces and replacing them with things like mid-central, um, upper north, um, central zone, 
um, northern zone, all these sorts of things with identities. Um, and I, I don't know, I not necessarily like the word brand, uh, but you're asking people who are lifetime supporters and in, and in some cases lifetime members of those provinces to now support um, some made-up franchise uh, name in this kind of created competition that there was no, uh, no buy-in when people um, and previous generations had committed their lifetime um, to the clubs and that as they were. And uh, there were similar things expressed with, um, with Super Rugby um, at the time when you know, we all know that Auckland is, Auckland is Auckland, but they created the Blues. Uh, Wellington's Wellington, but they created the Hurricanes. And, um, you know, because of the hype and the, uh, and the money and the high-profile uh, high stars at the time when, uh, when rugby became um, professional, the crowd support was, uh, was massive and it was at the expense of the NPC and it was at the expense of the provinces whose status and profile as a result was relegated. Well, that happened in, um, that happened in rugby league. And um, Wellington and West Coast and Taranaki, also they're not the great provinces that they once were. Um, they were they essentially they were decimated. Um, and now that Super Rugby is not the competition that it was, and people have left, they haven't gone back to the NPC. So, in a number of ways, you could say that you know the game itself is to do, you know is the author of its own demise, because they created a separation for the fans. They created a separation for those volunteers who are the most important part of our game. You know, what's that saying, the most important thing in sport is one, the fans, two, the fans, three, the fans? Mm. Well, the fans have walked away from um, Rugby League after they created the franchises, and now the fans have walked away from Rugby Union when the franchises were supposed to be the be-all. Remember, they were going to be the be-all and end-all. That was going to produce all the money. That was going to send the whole the game and the rest of us to the promised land, blah, blah, blah. Now no one gives a shit. Is it is it concerning then when you read the review that it's all about the the top end still when you when you hear Pocklington say oh look we need to put in he's, he's called it a council what what it is is it's an NRL commission um, to oversee the game being run here uh, in the country but still at the top end because even though the review goes through there's only one question they ask and and uh, to answer and that's whether or not the governance is right or fit for purpose. But still, it hasn't addressed what you've just spoken about, which is no bums on seats at, at local ga- at local games, local clubs. And our population is bigger now than it was 25 years ago when we were getting massive crowds. So it's like, so it's not like there's no community or no people um, around that's still there. But you know what we've been able to see from the Rugby World Cup, Women's World Cup last year, and the FIFA World Cup that was hosted here. This year, and of course, the Warriors, which touched the hearts mm. um, of sports fans here in New Zealand and um, and around the world, is that if you get it right, the people will come. And um, so, you know, I don't know that they I don't know that they need a review to tell them that. No. Um, but you know, the, the point that I'm trying to make is, well, you know, well, we know that, mate. You know, so now what are you going to do about it? So, you know, how do we get? <laughs> so, why, you know, for example, Wellington's playing Hawks Bay. Uh, and the Rainfield Shield, last Rainfield Shield challenge uh, of the Olympic going to play Hawks Bay uh, for the Rainfield Shield at Athletic Park um, back in the 80s. And I'm pretty sure from memory, there were 27,000 people at Athletic Park to watch that game. And Bernie Fraser scored a try in the left-hand corner. Uh, Wellington is going to play Hawks Bay uh, this weekend at Sky Stadium. Um, 
and and I hope, I doubt it, based on what's happened so far in rugby and Wellington have played fantastic. Uh, Forty, they're on an unbelievable winning streak. They hold the Rainfairly Shield, they're the defending NPC um, champions. Um, but they're saying, you know, I, I'm hoping that they get a decent crowd, but I doubt it. So that's the challenge. Yeah. You know, now to, the, to basically make the reviews told us that the game's in trouble. You know, well, thanks, bro. We yeah. knew that. Um, so, yeah. no, what? <laughs> So, so, kid, this is about the the higher higher up in in the chain, but I'm I'm hearing a lot of messages from people that there's a real disconnect between the fans and the players. So, where does the accountability hold in terms of the players? Are they being told not to be accessible? Like, for a player's point of view, what what, what needs to change in that perspective? Yeah, well, I don't think that is the problem. Um, see, I just think it's a little cheap shot. You know, the professional players, what are they? Are they less than 1% of uh, overall participation in the game? The issue is that the community won't support the game. So that's got nothing to do with the boys not turning up at a shopping mall, you know. So I think that's all a bit, it's all a bit crass when I hear, um, you know, taking it's easy to take a, take a shot at a high-profile um, players. But, you know, the boys have got their own responsibilities and they've got their own priorities. They do community days when they can. Um, uh, we, we all know that. The issue is that they can't create, uh, they can't create an atmosphere and the energy at the stadiums or at the events that is for that's compelling for people to come. You know, like um, you know, you look at the Warriors. Not only were they on a, uh, not only were they on a winning streak, um, you know, but they've got a chant that the um, that the crowd have picked up on this year. Those drums have always set an atmosphere. Um, for the team, they've always had that uh, Polynesian, uh, that Polynesian factor. Um, they've always had a, um, they've always had a uh, Maori welcome party for, um, for teams coming on. They've stuck close, um, and that's deliberately, you know, South Auckland, Maori, Pacifica, the crowd base, their fan base. They've made it all. They've made it all relevant um, for them, and made it and created. Um, a situation that that's ideal, and you know we've seen that with the Tongan supporters, we've seen that with the Samoan um, supporters in, um, in rugby league, the way that they come and support. So you know when I look at um, when I look at the uh, at the so-called big dogs in the NPC, Auckland, Wellington, um, Canterbury, Waikato, Otago, well the obvious question is why aren't the people from Canterbury coming? Um, what are they doing in terms of marketing and promotion? What are they doing in terms of entertainment? Um, what are they doing in terms of in, in terms of build up? Um, are they giving tickets away? Are they talking to preschools? Are they talking to kohangas? You know, I've never seen an NPC team or a Super Rugby team try to take advantage of things like Tematatini. What Tematatini will do, it will bring people through the gate. Um, you know, has anybody thought about getting Beyonce to be the opening? Uh, opening act at the opening of a Super Rugby competition, the same way that they do in the big sports um, in America and in some places around the world. You know, how often do we see 660 or LAB um, performing either before a game, half, you know, you need innovative, creative um, people. You know, what's what's going to make your daughters and my daughters go to the footy? You know, so as you know, we're whānau with, um, with the Wepis. Well, my daughters haven't been to a rugby game since he retired because they've got no reason to go. So that's that's the thing. What what can we do? You know, where's the where's the excitement? 
Um, and then I think, you know, once you get a group of administrators, and let's be honest, there are 14 chief executives of the NPC provinces, five super rugby chief executives, plus a 1,000 people working for the New Zealand Rugby Union, you think that some of them will turn the light on when they have a meeting. <laughs> and you think, and you think that some of the money could be saved to do better things, like what you just said, Kenny. And just to just to touch on that, Caxton Road and uh, the pubs that yes. uh, on on Saturday night. I've never seen I've never seen so many Warriors travel to a away game. It was insane. The Warriors have done exactly what you just said and recaptured their fan base and given them something to, to want to be a part of. And that, that message that you're giving is identity. And let's just talk a little bit about that because you said the, the, the tournaments have been stopped and um, all these reviews happen. There's two things here. One, the only thing that happens with the reviews is the people that do them get rich and they give jobs to their mates because they say, you need to hire my mates because they need to sit on the councils. Um, and the second thing with tournaments is that Rugby League thanks Rugby Union for those tournaments because you've seen it, you've been to them. Like tournaments in Rugby League now have gone through the roof because rugby don't hold any. No, exactly. I just came back last night from uh, Moen Delaney Park in Taupo. I was at the uh, under-16, under-18 girls national um, national championships. Um, it was fabulous. And, I, and as you know, I also coach under-18 girls at the Far team from... Um, from Wainuiamata and and on the weekend as well in Fakatani, Aotearoa, New Zealand Māori Rugby League. What they had ninety six teams, um, under ten, under eleven, under twelve, uh, and under thirteen. The Fakatani they had just under two thousand players in atrocious um, conditions. And of course in rugby league there's no no tackle grade. You know all the kids all the kids that go out or go shopping in the defence line right from the way go. Then um, it was a fabulous um, atmosphere. Taupo was packed, um, Fakatani um, was packed, and uh, you know you put that in the context of you know the New Zealand Rugby Union review when they made the decision to stop those age grey um, tournaments. So now they wonder where the people are. Well, I tell you where they are. They've gone to rugby league. Yeah, or well, the kids have anyway. Yeah, and what, and so just quickly before we let you go. We know what we know what the problem is. Okay, it's I, I've been saying it, Izzy. I've been saying to the show, you, you're actually seeing this play out. You've seen it play out in rugby league one, but we're seeing it play out with Australia getting knocked out for the first time in the World Cup. Who we were there in 2015 playing that final against our All Blacks? What what is it that in in a nutshell that needs to be done to get our, our game of rugby back on the back on the um, I guess the platform that it should be in this country. Do you remember when um, Queensland New South Wales rugby league games were a joke? Um, New South Wales won, you know, for, they had a winning percentage at one stage of about 84%. Um, the players from Queensland would come down, play in the New South Wales competition, um, and then uh, because they played in the club, would become ineligible for selection for Queensland. And then they changed it. Um, they found a way to make the games competitive and to make the games compelling. They came up with the mate against mate. They came up with the um, state of origin concept. Um, I remember uh, not that long ago when John Quayle and Ken Hutchison were running rugby league in Australia, they gave away 10,000 tickets because they thought it would be a very bad look for their so-called showcase um, game um, to be shown in front of empty seats at the Sydney Football Stadium. And now let's fast forward um, 20, 30-odd years uh, later, it is now the most compelling um, sport, one of the most compelling competitions 
um, in the world. And uh, the level of entertainment, the level of hype, the emotion, the drama um, that's around it, the lead-up, the build-up, um, the stories that underpin uh, what they've been able to create. They created that themselves. There was, you know, a, a creative group of um, of people who came up with the right themes for the right year um, that were relevant, and they've been able to associate all sorts of magnificent community events um, in an emotional way alongside uh, those rugby union in New Zealand, unfortunately, is not nowhere near that level of um, hype other than when the All Blacks played the Springboks or one of the other big teams um, in New Zealand. So the challenge for the sports administrators, in my view, is well, they're not, not necessarily the rugby league if you don't want to, but they need to find examples of where sports have gone from you know, hardly anybody there to capacity over the, over the course of time based on what they've been able to um, establish at the, at the event so people want to go. You know, just putting the draw out at the beginning of the year was hardly marketing, is it? No. You know, you need to make something great. You need to create something that will make the community come in their thousands um, to watch them play the same way the Warriors. You know, what I found interesting about, you know, the Warriors and FIFA and the Women's Rugby World Cup with the crowds, um, last year, well, rugby and you know, rugby's performing to exactly the same audience, except they're not coming to the games. So, um, you know, we don't need a review. What we need is we need a strategy to change it. Yeah, that's uh, makes so much sense and dead right on the innovators and the collaborators that can actually put that together. Ken, let's hope that uh, the NZR can can actually see that foresight and, and get away from the old model. Thanks a lot for joining us this morning on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, mate. Go well. Uh, have a good call this weekend. And we'll catch up soon. Cheers, Kenny. Cheers, Izzy. Some very, very good points there, Izzy. And and this mm. isn't a rugby league, rugby union conversation. This is a this is about innovators that can take models that have um, worked in the past for a similar scenario. And he's dead right. Origin in 1980 was started because the Queensland boys were playing the New South Wales competition, and they had a game where the Queenslanders were picked for New South Wales. They decided to bring them home, and look what we have today. We have arguably, and after we're talking to Mills Molina, that went to the one in Brisbane this year, the best entertainment <laughs> package um, that grows the sport. And I think that's where they need to go, as opposed to giving us another review that uh, makes the reviewer rich and the game still stuck in the mud. Yeah, and there's been plenty of uh, compliments coming through in regards to Kenny Laban. Ken needs to be on the NZR board. He has an understanding of the past and what we need to change. Identify age group comps to name a couple. Amazing knowledge. That is from Ken. And what I took out there is there's no connect- connection back to the community. That is the reason why. You know, it'll be, it'll be easy for us to solely blame the All Black South team, our pinnacle team. But the reality is there is no connection back to the grassroots. And the clubs, the clubs are the ones that feed our rugby teams and give us our next superstars on the ground. Kempe, uh, appreciate it. Awesome to catch up with Ken Laban. We'll shoot off. We've got a heap of messages we need to get through and keep those answers coming through for who am I? Because we've got Paulie Moati as well. Because it is Wednesday and we want to get paid. We'll shoot off. Here's Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this spring. Yes, welcome back. Get Ken Laban as NZR CEO. A lot of support and people will show their appreciation. Hey, boys, Ken Laban is so knowledgeable and speaks well. That is from Mark and Ken Laban as CEO from an unknown text message. So leave your name at the bottom, please. Really, really appreciate you coming through. Morena, fellas, I can't believe some people think Italy will beat the ABs. What a joke.
We're going to mount them, no doubt. Up the ABs. That is from Ian, and I hope so, Ian, because I've got my lid on the line here. <laughs> You're expensive lid too. Just put that bit in there. Can't they, be. If they, they, won't, they won't get if they If Italy win, will you shave your head off? No. Not a chance. Come on. Hey. Come on, bro. It's not the people. Not, both of us don't need to do it. Don't try and drag it's me in. The, you're like, it's for the people. You're I like, you're like, you caught, you're like caught on the hook. Like, you know, you've gone past one of those torpedoes that have gone out and you've jumped but, on the hook. And you're stuck there. Come on, come and jump on. Not a chance. Can't pull me in that easily. Come easy. on, I, I could just see you with a bald head. Oh, look, I was you're one of those guys at school. You wore a hat you're one of those guys day. at school. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go bunk school and go down and play down a pool parlor. <laughs> you would have said yes. <laughs> no, that was, that was you. Well, that's more appealing. <laughs> Here's another one from Chris Boys, the reason I end up taking the family to the Women's World Cup game Is because the girls, the ladies like Ruby Gave great open interviews Sparked our interest, honest answers Not the normal lame interviews You're welcome, that is from Chris And he's, he's dead right I'm trying to, uh, you know, like A lot of these players really need to show their personality A lot of them have a personality Ruby does it, through and through She's probably the best at it um, But a lot of them I know they've got They've got personality, but they're a bit afraid to show it. So I hear what you're saying there, Chris, and I appreciate that message. Plenty more as well. We've got Paulie Moati coming up because it is Wednesday and we want to get paid. So we'll get to him shortly. But before then, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thanks, Aroha, for giving us the news. It's TAB Catch-Up Time with Paul Lee Moati. He's going to get Izzy paid today because I think Izzy's got a couple of gold coins in his pocket. Paulie, bet live on your favourite sport. Download the TAB app today. Cambridge Synthetic, Paulie, give us your best. Well, uh, let's look back a couple of weeks uh, to the meeting at the Cambridge Synthetic track and Michael McNabb rode the first four winners of the day. He did. And then uh, had a couple of, uh, I think he rode three seconds the rest of the uh, card. So he had an absolute monster of a day uh, in the, at the Cambridge Synthetic track a couple of weeks ago. And he's got some very, very good rides uh, today as well. That uh, Chica Mojito, uh, who uh, ran around uh, Hawke's Bay uh, back on Tarzino Day uh, and was supposed to be running at Rotorua last Sunday before that meeting got abandoned. Um, she's going round today. Michael McNabb's on. $1.55 has been very well backed. So there's one you maybe uh, want to have a, a little look at. That's in race five at the Cambridge Synthetic track today, Chica Mojito. Uh, and the best backed on the card so far, another Michael McNabb uh, mount. Uh, race three, number 10, Sonic Boom. Uh, Boom. Has been... That has been very, very... In fact, it's the best back so far on the card today. Um, the first starter out of the Richie Murray barn. Uh, Michael McNabb aboard, as I said, two fifty into $2.30. So, yeah, um, he's got some very, very good rides today. And if he can um, do even half as well as he did last time he was there, um, he may be one to follow today, Michael McNabb. That's nice. We've got Sonic Boom and uh, Mr. Chiquito in our little multi today, Paulie. Um, geez, what about the Everest, mate? That's, that's shaping up as a good race, but you don't know who's going to end up in it. We had another one pull out just yesterday. Yeah, I guess um, that, that, that's the thing with uh, racing. Um, 
you can have all the best plans uh, in place and then just something uh, doesn't go quite right uh, and you're back to the drawing board again. But uh, in terms of uh, who we've got left um, in the Everest, obviously, uh, I wish I win uh, right there in the market uh, and has been very well supported by punters. Uh, currently, uh, what are we? I'm just having a look at the top three market. I wish I win $1.80 in the future's top three market um, for the Everest. That's been uh, taken up. Uh, in the win market, uh, I wish I win $4.50 uh, on the second line of betting. Think about it. Now the favourite there at $4. Imperatrice, the boys have got her in the market, um, but uh, obviously it's unlikely she's going to be heading there. Uh, she's at $6. Private Eye also at $6. But yeah, I wish I win has been very, very well backed in the TAB Everest futures market. Yep, Imperatriz at the more stakes on Friday night in the Valley, and of course Pongo's running around in a rating 85 for Izzy maybe on Friday night. We'll find out more about that. Are the, are the odds out to when do they come out for the Aerofield, Paulie, the Group 1? Um, I believe the guys will be getting them out later on this afternoon. So um, have a look uh, around lunchtime-ish. Um, I know they'll be, uh, well, they'll be waiting for the final field to come out. I'd say early afternoon today, the final field will be out um, for the Arrowfield stud plate. Paulie Muati, good to hear your voice, my friend. Rugby league has started to wrap up. Well, in terms of the Warriors faithful, have you seen a change in, in the money? Is, is, have you taken less in terms of the NRL now the Wars are out? Uh, well, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's a wee bit slower um, than it was last <laughs> week, to be fair. Uh, but uh, still, uh, this game's on Sunday, um, late on Sunday night, our time as well. So there's plenty of time for punters to get on. Currently, the Panthers, they're $1.63. The Broncos are at $2.23. Um, around 60% of turnover in that uh, head-to-head market is on the Panthers. Uh, and there's also a um, power play that... Hunters are very, very interested, and that's part of a wee bit as well. $34, Brian Tuttle to be the first try scorer, and Nathan Cleary to uh, score a try at any time. That's $34. That has um, tweaked the interest of a number of punters. Of course, Tuttle uh, scored a hat-trick uh, last weekend, um, so he's in some very, very good form. Uh, and I'm just having a look at the first try scorer market. Uh, and one that we've taken a bit of money on is Stephen Crichton um, to be the first try scorer. Uh, he's at eleven dollars uh, to be the first try scorer in the NRL Grand Final. So, yep, there's there's still a bit of action, but not quite the madness that we saw last uh, weekend, uh, Izzy. Beautiful, Paulie Mighty. Oh, if you go have a look at my socials, you'll see a bit of a bit of a photo that I put up in terms of if Italy. Get the job done. What will happen to Tony Kemp? Where's the money oh, going no. in that game? He didn't. <laughs> Good on you, Izzy. Loving your work. Kempe, Kempe, I'll back you up here. I'll back you up here. Paulie, if you actually go to at SENZ Breakfast on Instagram, I've put up both of the boys with bald heads. No, you know, that's you up there. So if you want to go have a look at that, Paulie, go do it. Who rocks the bald the best? <laughs> that's very I'm going to check it out. I'll oh. give you my report. I <laughs> oh, appreciate it, Paulie Moati. Thanks for your time, brother. All the best. And we'll chat to you tomorrow and hopefully some odds out 
on a horse called Pango that is racing yeah. this weekend for the first time in a very long time. So you be generous, my friend. <laughs> I'm sure we will. <laughs> oh, a little stab there from Paulie Wale. Love it. Airway, mate. Have a good day. Watch a bit live on your favourite sports and racing at TAB. Dot co dot nz please gamble responsibly r18 hell of a fu- kimpy mm. <laughs> i think it's suitable here cut it it on. looks good <laughs> cut it it looks like someone had a roadhouse mate <laughs> seriously <laughs> <laughs> honestly you look i look horrible but you look tough and mean yeah, i'll tell you what nah that is one of the who who did that was that robbie that was Robbie. No comment for the, uh, for the yeah, protection of my client. You no know, comment. You know what happens, eh, Rob? Like when you pick a fight, you got to be ready to stand there. I posted right. it, Kimby. I'll take it. I'll take it on the chin. No breakfast for me for the next week, eh, Dagger? Honestly, oh, that is the best. I was wondering what you were laughing at then, and then I just, oh, you had your phone in your hand. I thought I'd better go and check. Check our messages and then they come up. I'm just, oh. oh it's go have a look. Go have a look at uh, SNZ Breakfast and you'll get both our spooly, bald heads if the unthinkable happens. But at I'm your own risk. Word, if it happens, at your own risk, I will, I will shave it off. You actually, it you actually oh, sued mate, it, mate. You look like. Don't. Don't. Uh, what's that guy's no. name? Austin Myers. Is it? Austin. <laughs> Austin Powers. Powers. <laughs> <laughs> Cut it out. Cut it out. All right. Who am I? We'll announce the winner in the next uh, wee while. And <laughs> well, I just have to say, Mark from Mark from Tauranga, you're not getting this prize, mate. Keep them coming. I love your passion. And I love your copy and paste text message that you send through. And you get it right every single time. But, Mark, you got no chance. Love <laughs> you, brother. You know, back soon. Yes, welcome back. Who am I? We're giving away uh, Adidas Golf Voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas Golf. Visit adidas.co.nz. Get away underscore with underscore golf. T's and C's apply. We're giving out three clues. Our final clue was I have a sister who plays in the same national team as me. And the winner is Steve Newey. Stephen Newey, you are the winner. You came through with the answer. The correct answer was Jess Kerr alongside Millie Kerr. A hell of a, um, hell of a who am I for today, Robbie. That was a difficult one. It took me three clues. Oh, it took me four clues, actually. Kez had to give me another one to get that one correct. So if you got it correct, well done. And Stephen Newey, you are our winner for today. A couple of messages here, Kempi. Uh, never used to, no news. Need to use Beyonce to open a game to get massive crowds. Face it, it's the game itself that's no longer compelling. We used to have absorbing competitive rugby. Now players are sent from the field for accidental head clashes. And this is another one. Has anyone thought that maybe no one goes to or plays rugby anymore because the game has become a complete snorefest, riddled with rules? Or are we as Kiwis too stubborn to accept that our precious rugby is actually boring? Am I alone with this thinking? Rugby is a hard watch from Jimmy. I, I think he's pretty much on the money right there, Kempi. Yeah. You look at the game at the moment, the way it's been played, and I don't want to be controversial here, but the rugby suits the North with the style, the slow-paced game, and the way it's gone. New Zealand, rugby has, is a high-paced game. We yeah. love to play ball and play, high-intensity Lots of uh, lots of rucks, lots of separate, you know, lots of movement around the park. Right now, it's slow. Twenty six minutes in that game against France, is it being shaped and moulded to suit the North? Yeah, and I, look, I agree with you. And the officiating, they didn't 
they haven't mentioned that uh, is killing the game with the stoppages and stuff like that. In 19, I think it was 1908, the New Zealand Māori took a team um, to Sydney, mate, and the new and rugby league was basically dead in Australia. Mm. And they played a brand of rugby league. It was basically a bunch of rugby union guys that played rugby league rules and went over. They called the team the I think they called the Australians called them the team of natives. Oh, this I'm just rec- recollecting the information here. Um, but they went through a tour through New South Wales and saved the game. They basically bought the crap like so. No one watched the game over there, and they bought the, their game over and played flamboyant football, like what you're saying, that suits us down here in the South Pacific, and actually saved the game of rugby league um, and was the start of what it is today. It's a, just about being innovative and collaborative yeah. and taking a look and a listen to, to what's actually being said. So people are saying fan experience, people are saying rules, you know, the game is boring, all of those things and put it in a mounting pot and come up with a, a model that um, can actually take take the game back to where it's been. I'd I hear what Kenny said. Like one of the simple fixes, bring back school tournaments. You know, and bring back all the tournaments that mm. you play. I remember I, yeah. you played in them. I played in the Ross Brown um, down in Taranaki. It, like I was talking to some people. I remember that them games more than I do my NRL career because it was community based. You know, same mate. Yeah, the Ross Shields on at the moment, and I used to play for Hastings East, and it's still going. But Roller Mills was was um, taken away and. Yeah, look, the age-grade rugby competitions are the ones you always remember, playing with your mates, wearing those black and white hoops, you know, the famous colours. Those are ones that stick with you forever. And uh, hopefully we can not go away from that. We're heading in that direction at the moment. Kempi, just one quickly before we go. Would an NRL model work in rugby with each super team having two feeder teams, NPC, that play at the same time of the season? Increase New Zealand super rugby teams to seven teams and have an NPC and club footy running concurrently allowing streamlined feeding and progression for players. That is from Scott Logan. Yeah, and Scott is a good boy, fit as anything. I've already brought that one up too, Scott. I think it would, personally. Mm-hmm. How you model that, um, you know, whether or not it has to uh, majority be positioned in Australia because of the 26 million people there. That's what Kirk, Kirky was talking about. It's a different country, bigger, bigger pool. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think you have to get into that professional model, not the super rugby not the NPC. You have to actually go into the AF, AFL NRL fight, and you have to create a rugby model that that can rival them. And um, hey, it's not about taking the money off them; it's about getting more of it. So rugby league never had that two billion dollars. They went in the fight. Now look where they're at. They're I think they're up to yeah. two point two billion dollars worth of media rights, which feeds the game. So um, the answer to that, Scott, is yes, definitely. Beautiful. Well, Smithy two is coming up. <laughs> Ah, bonjour, ça va? Let's head over to France and catch up with hey. the one and only Daniel McCarthy. Hey, 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 hang on. He's not in France, mate. He's back here. He's down in Wellington, old snakey. He's made it home. Fellas, oh. I'm in the Riviera of the South Pacific now, <laughs> is he? The Riviera oh. of the South Pacific. Your capital well, well, city, Daniel. The, the, Daniel. The, the part of the country you bow down to if you're a rugby fan da, at the moment. Dan, is he? Daniel, forgive, forgive me. Yeah. I have to welcome you appropriately. Sorry. Sorry. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's more like it. 
Feel like going down Courtney Place. <laughs> feel like going down. Courtney Place. you would look like without any hair, Daniel? Do you, I think we might we might post one of those too. <laughs> I've, I've 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 been bald. I've had mohawks. I've I've had an array of bad hairdos over the. I've never been treated with so much respect from the time I actually shaved in a mohawk once. Remember going into Molly Malone's, you know, may it rest in peace. It just sits the oh, idol wow. now on the corner of Taranaki Street and Courtney Place. And you know, Molly's back in the day used to be five or six deep, and I rock him with this mohawk one, and it parted like the Red Sea. It parted like the Red Sea. It was like, oh, I'm going straight to the bar. No one wants a Liverpool kiss here. I'll tell you what, was, I'd, I'd walk in. And part it to at the moment because the text is coming and said, Kimpy, you look like David Tour. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, those guns, those guns are looking prolific. You, you, oh. you know, too, too many weights, not enough speed work, Kimpy. <laughs> yeah, dear. Look out, look out, Jake. Oh, welcome back, Dan. Welcome back, mate. Good to have you home. Well done over there. Just stellar job. What do you got coming up Thanks, on the show, mate? mate? You filling in for Smithy? Yeah, I, I'm a little bit nervous about this. Uh, how do you replace a doorman? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I, was that maybe <laughs> a bad one? Or well, maybe I've been watching too much of soccer. I don't know. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to head to Italy. I caught up with this guy yesterday, last night. Paul Griffin played over 40 test mm. matches for Italy. He's a West Coast boy. Spent 25 years over there. We'll catch up with him. After 10 o'clock, looking forward to uh, speaking to Stephen Hodder, his high-performance manager at Netball New Zealand. Of course, uh, you know, wearing results yeah. for the Silver Ferns mm. recently as well. Uh, we're open the lines as well. And uh, Matty White out of SEN in Sydney to Join us after 11 o'clock. There you go, guys. Pretty chocker. Beautiful, Dan. Have a great day, mate. Good to have you back on the airways. And thanks to everyone that has tuned in. We'll be back tomorrow for another big day of sports. Stay tuned.